Welcome to the Conversations with Women of Color podcast with your hosts Danusha and Megan. In today's episode, we chat to Nafisa Akabu, a freelance technology journalist based in Johannesburg. She owns a tech blog called Wired to the Web. Her blog covers mobile, gadgets, apps, how-tos, travel, and cars. Nafisa's work has been published on Tech Central, Financial Mail, Mail and Guardian, City Press, Forbes Africa, Forbes Women Africa, and much more publications. Today, she shares her story, focusing on her career choice in technology, the inequality in the industry, and what needs to change for more women of color to take up space. Nafisa also shares some of her favorite gadgets right now. Nafisa, welcome to Conversations with Women of Color. Nafisa, you are a technology journalist covering business and consumer tech. What influenced your decision to choose this career? So um, thanks for having me on your podcast. My uh, story is a rather unusual one. I accidentally got into my career because of my passion. Um, I initially wanted to study IT, but uh, my dad didn't allow me to at the time because he said it wasn't a career suitable for a Muslim woman. I did grow up in Durban and they are, it was a very conservative background. But, so I ended up studying travel and tourism. And I worked for a large tour operator in Durban. In my spare time, I used to write about technology uh, for a website that they don't exist today, but it was a citizen journalism platform. And uh, they put me forward for one of the Telcom ICT awards. And this was in back in 2007. It was at this awards ceremony that I was spotted and offered a full-time role to run a consumer technology and blogging website. So it was basically through my passion that I ended up doing what I'm doing full-time now, which is going on just over 13 years. Nafisa, do you think that that process kind of delayed your progress or how do you feel about how things have transpired for you? Initially, obviously, when I was younger, I was upset about the decisions. But as I got older and I came to realize everything happens in good time. And if that thing didn't happen when it did, it wouldn't have led me to where I am today. So I'm actually grateful for how things ended up working out and I've made peace right now. Nafisa, I wanted to know from you, what is the most exciting part of your job? So for me, it's being exposed to new and different technologies all the time. There's always new gadgets, breakthroughs, apps, and I particularly love mobile payment apps. Um, There's just constantly something new to write about. And one of the bonuses of my job is the opportunities to travel, whether it's local or international, for a product launch or for a phone launch, conference and cars. Um, I don't take it for granted, but it's always exciting when these opportunities come my way because it gives me a bigger, a broader outlook. That is um, very, very fascinating. I mean, I follow you on Instagram and um, I always check out your stories because you just review the most interesting gadgets. And it's really amazing to see um, new products as they're coming in. Um, so that's, that's really amazing. Women in media do not face the same difficulties and threats as men. Women face gender inequalities, safety issues, or underrepresentation. In your opinion, are there enough women of color in the tech industry? So there is definitely a shortage of women in the ICT space. This is a global issue, and especially women of color. Uh, so over the years, I've spoken to a fair amount of women in tech, and the most common thing for them was not being exposed to it in high school as a career choice. So most of them don't even know what roles exist, how they differ, like the hardware side, the software, project management. 
and also not having enough role models. For example, on TV, which we all watch TV and the people in IT are just typically portrayed as white men in hoodies being hackers. And the youth are very influenced by what they see online and in movies or in TV. So whether it's the advertising, media, movies or TV, there's a long way to go to be more inclusive, especially if women of color are portrayed in these roles. And also I wanted to touch on uh, PwC, they released a report about how women remain underrepresented in emerging tech. I agree with their proposed solution, which is for organizations, schools and universities to work together to change perceptions and educate young people about the range of careers. I think it has to come from the school level. And if you think about it, we never really had career days in school. Well, not certainly not in the high school I went to in Durban, mm. where people in various fields came to chat to students. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, really interesting because, um, like you said, it's. I think it's also largely controlled by what we see in the media. I mean, I remember back at school, we were never really exposed to these things. So it would be cool if universities, schools, and organizations work together. Um, so that more students, especially students of color, can be exposed to diverse industries uh, within within the tech um, industry. Mm, 100% agree. And it's funny that you say that as well, because I schooled, I think, like almost 10 years after you guys. I know, Nafisa, you were in school with my sister, and she's about 10 years older than me, not to give away any ages here. But um, we also didn't have career day, and we didn't have people coming in to chat to us about the options and uh, what we could do, and also just um, having those academic tests. I think that should be done at school. I think it was um, like an aptitude kind of test um, or version of it that, that also should be done, I think, at school level because you get to university thinking you're studying this or you're studying that, and then you, you have a perception of what you think it should be, but it's absolutely not that. So in my case, it was absolutely the opposite. I did computer science and then figure out it's really not for me. But if I had done marketing and maybe business science and perhaps got into social media from there that would have worked to my favor but i had this perception of computer science being cool like app development and stuff that's where i worked previously but studying it is completely different to actually working um in the industry so i do think at school level there needs to be experts professionals especially women coming into schools and chatting um, to the students and advising as well and even under alone things like that, i think it could be like you know career development or career kind of module that they could do um yeah so just speaking about social media we recently watched the social dilemma on netflix and we noticed that there were actually no people of color i think there was one guy it was an indian man typical um to be stereotypically you know the indian guy in tech uh, but how do we get tech companies to take ownerships of their problems with diversity i did watch the documentary myself and noticed that i also noticed that um recently a bunch of tech companies they're now creating a brand new diversity roles where they would hire a woman of color to head up that role and advise the organization accordingly so they obviously want to make a change and this is how they're going about doing it but in my opinion that specific role alone is not good enough because uh, tech companies need to actually start hiring women and people of color for regular tech roles i think uh, i don't know why we overlooked when it comes to that so is this it got for me it comes down to the hiring process i also want to know just in terms of the cultural and behavioral structures what needs to change in order for women of color to be um, represented in tech at each level 
I think it's a case of companies giving senior or high level executive roles to women of color or people of color. This is what is lacking. There's not enough diversity the higher up the chain you go. And when you have more representation and diversity in these roles, they in turn can make future hiring decisions that are more inclusive. So diversity is so important to any team and company. You can't really run a company with only one perspective, especially in countries like ours where the market is diverse. So you need to make sure you speak to your customers and obviously diversity is key. And yeah, well, more women should be given an opportunity and chance, even whether it's by mentorship or just identifying any woman in your, in your team that you think has potential and maybe whether you want to send them on a course just to improve where they could be lacking and just push them in the right direction. I love that. I think that's such a good idea. But also saying that we need to hire more people or women of color but there isn't enough people studying it. How, how do we bridge that gap? Yeah, I think it comes down to the career days we touched earlier, because one of my examples about this lack of diversity and how it shows is the artificial intelligence bias. I'm sure we've seen, and it's common knowledge that algorithms can be racist and sexist. This only happens because the team creating these algorithms are not diverse themselves, and it, it really shows like uh, it's reflective in the results. You won't find women or people of color, uh, you, you, they're being excluded in results for like home loan applications or job applications. So it's very, that alone shows you how important it is to have diverse and people of color and women in a team when it comes to creating these algorithms. I mean, yeah, it's, it's been a disaster so far and it's just really given AI a bad name. And do you think that um, people of color need to start their own organizations or do you feel that they should rather be offered a seat at the current organizations? Because if you think about the structure of these um, organizations, it wasn't actually meant for people of color. So in your opinion, is it better to just start a new organization um, altogether or should um, people of color be offered a seat at the table in some of these very racist organizations? It's a very tricky one. It's difficult, firstly, for people who have been previously disadvantaged to start on their own. I mean, there's also a funding issue and will anyone pay attention to them or how, how will they get noticed and heard and seen? So I think it's the current organizations more who should be more diverse and more look into hiring people of color and, and, and give others a seat in the table. It's time for change. I mean, we've seen on social media in the last few months and years how people are speaking up there's a lot of anonymous websites and social media accounts going around where people send an anonymous post to say how much they got paid for a job and you just compare it with your counterpart. And it, it is so blatant. It's not even funny that how little people and women of color, for example, in the influencer space with the whole account dedicated to that. So it's obvious that things need to change. And I think more of these anonymous accounts, if they come up, it, it'll just give people an idea and show that how unfair the world actually is and more needs to be done and people need to speak up. Yeah, I've actually come across that account um, basically showing that white people make more as influencers um, throughout the world, in fact. It's quite shocking. But speaking about that and money itself, um, is there money to be made in, in your industry for bloggers, um, tech, tech journalists to be um, correct? So that is a bit of a tricky one. Um, the media landscape in South Africa is changing and there's no official body, unfortunately, that exists where it'll help people straight out of metric or straight out of varsity to, to guide them and mentor them. I actually think this is something 
people, our industry needs to seriously look at, like the big companies, they need to form a body where it actually helps and offers opportunities. I think the big tech companies need to come on board and offer internships to help people in the right direction to help them, uh, yeah, get into the field and support them. I think that, I don't know if you listened to our previous episode, but we did speak about the regulatory board with Kanye. She's an influencer marketing specialist. And we do need that. I think we need the board and we also need companies um, working more to develop youth uh, in particular in South Africa. That would be really good. And speaking about the industry itself, um, what would you say would change if we had more women of color in the tech industry? I think women and men think differently. So just by having a woman on board, you'll just get different perspectives about things in general and running companies. Maybe better, We who knows? It's It's all subjective, but I think we haven't been given the chance. So how will you know? There are very few and far women in the tech industry. Um, I write about, I interview women and I try to include them throughout the year in my coverage. I don't wait for Women's Month just to write about women. So yeah, I think, um, and also, sorry, going back to the previous thing I did, I actually did not catch your previous episode and I will. I think that needs to be seriously looked at, the, the board to help people get into this field and direct the youth. Now, Fisa, I think it's amazing that you feature women throughout the year and not only during August or um, when it's International Women's Day. Are there any platforms that support and promote um, women of color in tech? So there is a local website called womenintech.co.za. It's run by actually my ex-boss, Samantha Perry. I'm not sure if any of you know her. She's uh, quite, she's got a lot of experience in the ICT field, very uh, educated. She actually has a Women in Tech website and She's got a lot of links and you can go back and she used to have networking events, but obviously pre-COVID days. But yeah, I think she would be one of the best women to reach out to for if anyone needs direction about how to go. But if, you, if, you just, if you just want to network with other women in the field, I think um, maybe in the post-COVID world, it feels weird saying that, but maybe these events can now take place online. I think that's a great resource and place to start with to chat to Samantha Perry. Mm. Is there also maybe any Facebook groups or other online groups that people could join? So I'm actually not on Facebook, but I do think there's definitely support groups. You just have to go out and look for them. I do think there is, there's also, um, I know Intel is doing something to support women in rural areas and Google and a lot of these companies are doing things and I think it's just a matter of finding these groups and networking and finding the right women to connect with. I think it's all about networking. 100% and I'm sure LinkedIn would be quite a good platform to look for these people as well and there's always like webinars happening more recently or virtually and conferences and things like that so yeah we definitely check out LinkedIn as well. But coming back to the social dilemma, um, I really enjoyed it just by the way. Um, the conversation that was centered around the monetization of social media and how these platforms are just fighting for our attention. There's also a bigger conversation to be had about the protection of data and when we sign up to a platform we don't really read the T's and C's generally and we just accept it. Um, how can we protect ourselves in this case? You've actually just mentioned it. For me, uh, reading the terms and conditions are the most important thing. I, I think I'm probably in the minority when I say this, but I read everything before signing up. For example, if there's a local website or service that needs my cell phone number, but to me, they don't actually need it because why? If I just want to use your website, you don't need my cell number. So I think that's a very, very important thing not to skip or overlook. 
yes, it does sound boring, but you have, to, how else are you going to be? You don't want to be duped. You don't want to be the one saying, oh, I didn't know. It's because you didn't actually read it. So I think starting with the T's and C's is important. And also just make sure you know what data is being collected on you. Sure. I mean, I think the, we all know that if the service is free, you are the product. That's the general thing about social media. So you should, if you, if there's a chance where you want to pay for a service, don't feel like you rather pay for the service and protect your data than use the free service and know that you, your, your data is being used, or, you know, you, that's the exchange. So I think people just need to be more mindful and more, you have to be today with the amount of data leaks we're seeing happening every day. It's not a joke. You, we, we sometimes it's beyond our control. Like one of the biggest data uh, hacks, well, it wasn't a hack. It was um, a data leak that South Africa experienced with experience. So I think things like that, you have to be aware that other companies control your data and you have no say in it. So just be aware of who you're giving your details out to and read the fine print. You have to educate yourself. I think avoiding the public Wi-Fi. Any Wi-Fi that doesn't require a password, I try to avoid that as well. Um, just to be a bit safer. I don't know. I just feel like it's safer to use Wi-Fi that you trust. I do agree with that. But also there's, an, uh, there's a VPN app you can use. I think a few of the antivirus companies have them where you, you put it on your phone and it, it uh, encrypts everything that goes through the network. So if you feel... If you want to use those free Wi-Fi, you can, but just protect yourself with a VPN, something that will just protect the data that's going through the network. So if there's anyone trying to sniff the network for your personal details, everything is encrypted and nobody can read it. So just maybe look into that. Oh, I will. Thanks for sharing that. If anyone follows you on Instagram or if they uh, check out your website, um, they'll basically notice that you always feature the most amazing um, gadgets. Can you maybe name three of your favorite gadgets that you're using right now? Yeah, so I am lucky I get to play with all the latest and greatest. My current favorite, one of them is a fitness tracker. I'm using a Fitbit Sense. I'm just obsessed with this whole gamification aspect and seeing how I do my workouts and my step count for the day and the calories I've burned. So while I do love tracking all that, I'm not difficult in my, uh, on myself and I don't, I don't do the calorie counting. I'm just aware of what I eat. I don't, I try not to put limits on myself because I don't want to be miserable. I want to enjoy a bit of everything. So I do a bit of an 80-20 where I can enjoy 20% of, you know, desserts here and there. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I just love knowing um, how I sleep. For example, there's a sleep tracking thing here. And also this particular gadget, it came out as a result of the global pandemic and it has certain features that track, track your stress levels. So if there's anyone out there listening who feels like they stress too much and they want to track it and they want to do some exercises and mindfulness, the whole uh, Fitbit ecosystem offers you a, um, on how to manage your stress. So I think that's a great thing for anyone listening. Um, my second favorite gadget right now is my AirPods. I'm actually using it as we speak. It has a built-in mic and it's just great as we all work from home. Uh, there are other people around you in your home and you don't really want to have a loud a meeting and then when you're speaking loudly and interrupting the next person, they could also be on another meeting. So I think it's important to have a good pair of wireless earbuds because who wants cables? You don't want to trip on them. <laughs> so I'm enjoying <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> um, I'm actually going to choose four, if you don't mind. <laughs> no, no third one. Go for gold. <laughs> cool. My third one is a ring light uh, that fits my phone. Uh, just when you're doing online stuff and you're streaming and you know you want to do an Insta story, whether it's at night or you're showcasing a product, I'm sure you both can identify. 
yeah, just getting a ring light with bright lights. You can adjust the brightness, holes up your phone, just having something stable. And speaking about stability, this is where my fourth bonus <laughs> gadget will come in. It's the new DJI handheld gimbal. It's the OM4. The previous one, you probably recognize it by being called uh, Osmo Mobile. Mm. So, yeah. So this is a really cool gadget for any content creator or live streamer, which I think would suit you both as well. It holds your phone properly. It has a whole bunch of cool features. Even if you're a beginner, it'll make your videos all look pro and with some cool effects. So yeah, those are my top gadgets for the moment. That's amazing. I actually saw that Osmo gadget on your, um, your I think it was on your IG stories and I saved it. I started doing research on it because it just looks like the type of um, gadget everyone should have. And I mean, the one thing when you're filming, I especially struggle, struggle with um, my hand shaking all the time. So it will be cool to have something just to, you know, have a little bit of stability, especially when you're walking or mean anything in action yeah i think the main thing to understand about this gadget if anyone who shoots primarily on their smartphone or if you're out and about and your phone is the only thing on you this would be the perfect thing for your insta story and even just to go live and if you want to look more professional there's also i just want to not to punt this guy over punt the gadget but there's a very cool <laughs> feature that track <laughs> that tracks you so if you if you put it in a tracking mode you can have your phone propped up on the gimbal and walk from left to right and speak as if you know you like doing a conference the, the the thing actually follows you so that's pretty nifty oh my goodness it's a live stream yeah it's so it's cool. cool jeez that is amazing so you obviously get lots of gadgets to review do you ever get tired of it or is it always exciting when you receive a press back that is exactly why i'm doing this for over 13 years and i'm still excited about my job it's because there's always something new there's always a newer thing coming out i'm never bored so now this month i'm playing with this if you ask me in a month from month's time what's my favorite it could be something else because something mm. else is going to come out we have the coolest job ever <laughs> <laughs> i have heard that on several occasions <laughs> i'm i'm sad now because i think i'm in the wrong niche because i'm such a <laughs> Speaking about the gadgets, I just wanted to ask you for content creators, maybe some of them are listening out there, which phone would you say is the best or easiest, maybe has like a really good camera? Um, so if you didn't have a camera and you wanted to get an, a smartphone. So for me personally, I'm an iPhone person. I love the iPhone and I'm waiting for the new one that was just announced. Um, I, I, from the reviews I've read already, it looks to be amazing, especially with the LiDAR sensor. and It, it can take better low light night images and portraits and that kind of thing. I think it also depends on you as an individual because the bottom line is it's not difficult to make good hardware. So all your, your Huawei and your Samsung and your Xiaomi and Vivos, they all make good hardware. It's just a point of being a personal preference now. And also we, we like over 10 years into smartphone, into smartphones. So you either an Android person or you're an iOS person. And my whole life is tied to iCloud and iOS. Like I pay for my cloud storage. So if anything happens to my devices, they're safe. They're all on the cloud. So for me, that's a big pro and I will always remain with it. But if anyone out there listening, they've been with Android their whole life, then there's no point in changing because you're just going to, are you ready? You need to be open-minded enough to learn a whole new operating system to switch to it. And if you're used to doing something one way, then it's going to be very difficult. 
So I think we are spoiled for choice. There's a lot of options out there. It really just comes down to personal preference and what you want, what specific feature that will catch your eye from a phone. That's a really good point. Um, I think I'm an Android person, but I do love the security and the whole syncing of like all the Apple devices. But I think if you're with Apple, then you should have everything by Apple, like MacBook, iPod, all of that stuff. Um, and then it makes sense, you know. Um, so just speaking about that, what do you think is the future of the tech industry? So yes, interesting. The coronavirus, as we all know, it's just completely shaken things up. It changed how the, uh, the way we do things. And we may probably see more tech that factors the whole work from home situation for products created. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, the Fitbit Sense was created out of the pandemic. Um, I think companies are in the midst of also seeing how they can adapt. Um, and they are now creating products out of it. Another interesting app that launched recently in South Africa is the Oli Health app. It's, it also was born out of the pandemic. You can now book virtual consultations with doctors anywhere around the country. You can be sitting in Cape Town and book a doctor in Joburg and you can have your virtual consult. So I think coronavirus has forced, I don't want to say forced, but you know what I mean? It sort of pushes people to be more creative and how they can work around it and just take it in your stride. So I think we in for a very interesting year and a bit maybe to see, given our new, oh, like we obviously all going to be aware, wear masks to avoid the flu next year. The most obvious thing is to wear masks. We're still going to be socially distant. So I think a lot of the tech, we're going to see some interesting things come up that just fits in sync with this kind of new life. But makes sense for me and this Oli Health app are classic examples of where it's heading and factoring what's going on in the world right now. Those both sound really incredible. One last question from my side is, how do I push myself to exercise? <laughs> because you sound like you have it down to a T. I'm not going to buy a Fitbit to exercise. But what, what would help if anyone is listening also with the same problem I have, just getting to? So I actually love giving people this advice only when they ask. <laughs> um, I read up about this. And one of the easiest things you can do is walk. You don't even have to break a sweat. The, the idea behind it is to walk for minimum 45 minutes. It's like a low in intensity steady state. So what I've been doing in lockdown consistently is listening to a podcast and just walking, whether it's in my garden, whether it's in my kitchen, around the counter, I literally have been doing that in my own house in lockdown. Um, level five, I was walking. And and if you put a podcast on you, you'll be amazed how the time will fly. And you probably, you might be inclined to even walk for longer. So I think that's the most important thing. As long as you are consistent, you don't have to exert yourself. No one's saying break the sweat, do these amount of calories, lift so much of weights. No, the, the easiest thing I can promise you that'll work is walking for 45 minutes a day. Thank you. That's such great advice because I just want to go outside and walk, but sometimes it's just not the case. But yeah, I must try walking around in the yard or in the house and listening to some other podcasts as well. Thank you. Thank you so much um, for joining Conversations with Women of Kalanafisa. It was such a pleasure having you um, it's really amazing to hear your insights on the industry, how we can tackle diversity. And um, it was really, really cool listening to some of your um, favorite gadgets as well. We're definitely going to check it out. Thank yeah, you so much. To Joburg. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, yes. coming to <laughs> I'm coming yeah. to just play with all your gadgets. And one more thing, what is your handle or where can people find you across platforms? So I'm at Nafisa on Instagram and at Nafisa1 on Twitter. And my website is just nafisa.co.za. Those are my main ways to get hold of me. I am on LinkedIn, but I just tend to add people I know. <laughs> 
<laughs> makes sense yeah yeah but uh thank you so much for having me as a guest it was so fun chatting to you too yeah absolutely a pleasure having you um to chat to you as well and i'm so excited to see your next gadget and your next review um it's always so informative and helpful and really mm -hmm. does help with um, purchasing decisions as well yeah well, thank you so much thank you so much nafisa awesome. all right then all right bye bye Thank you for joining Conversations with Women of Colour. Check out our social media channels. Search for Admus underscore Danusha and The Authentical across all platforms. And if you enjoyed the conversation, share it with your friends and we'll see you in the next one.